0: Let's pray together. My father, if it is possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. The hour has come and the hour is here. And the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Heavenly Father, as we're here on Palm and Passion Sunday, remember your journey to Jerusalem. As you enter Jerusalem on a donkey, humble King of kings, Lord of lords coming and accepting your destiny the destiny of you drinking the cup of God's wrath on our behalf the sin of all mankind as you wrestled in the garden of Gethsemane as you prayed and as you asked earnestly to God, Father if it is your will not my will but may this cup be passed from me as he was left alone with his disciples and his friends sleeping not understanding and knowing the hour that they were in heavenly father forgive us lord for we too have been sleeping as well lord wake us up today wake us up today so that we may understand what this whole lent what the season of palm and passion and the holy week What Good Friday, what Easter is all about, oh God? Maybe last year we did not understand. Two years ago we didn't understand. Five years ago we didn't understand because we were too immature. But God, as we're getting older, let our faith become more mature, that is grounded in Christ. Help us understand what Christmas is all about, what Easter is all about. It's not about Easter bunnies. It's not about having Friday off from school. It's not about the gifts, it's not about the food and the fellowship, but it's about understanding and knowing and having a relationship with the living God, our Lord and our Savior, our King, the one who lived this life humbly and who died on our behalf so that I can have breath today, so that we can come and worship you today. Lord, we thank you for this honor. We love you so much. As you transition now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts for those who are listening here today and for those who are listening online Lord, may it be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord. For God, you are our rock and our redeemer. We love you. We thank you. We give you all the glory. We praise you today. Pray all these things. Your precious son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. 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 You see the angles? You see a cockroach? You just. Right? No problem. Today, the title, uh, especially the next three messages that we have, we have been on embrace, but we are going to change the word from the to his. Embrace his cup. Embrace his cup. Embrace his cup. Can we turn to a neighbor? And embrace his cup our passage is found today in Matthew chapter 26 verse 36 to 46 the title tells us Gethsemane Gethsemane verse 36 begins with then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them sit here while I go over there and pray Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed. My father, if it is possible for this cup to be taken away, Unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So here we see, after the Passover, the story shifts to this garden. This garden, this place called Gethsemane. I personally have been here to this garden. You'll see in the images, these are the photos that I took. And you see the photos that I took with my old cell phone, and you can visit this garden today. It's in East to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem, if, you, uh, if you're not familiar with the area, Jerusalem is a city with a wall, a gated wall. It's a city, and it's called the Old City. That's where Jesus enters when he's on a donkey. He enters Jerusalem because the temple is in Jerusalem. This garden is outside of Jerusalem at the foot of Mount of Olives, resting outside of Jerusalem. So from this place, you could see, and and you're outside of Jerusalem, and you can see the city of Jerusalem. So when you get there, you'll see eight huge olive trees in that garden. It's very difficult to raise up an olive tree, because I try and we put it outside in the winter, it was terrible, have to bring it back in. But olive trees, these eight huge olive trees, it says that each trunk of these olive trees is about 900 years old. But the roots of these trees, some say that it goes back all the way to Jesus' time. So people speculate that this place was the exact place where Jesus prayed in the garden that we read here in Matthew chapter 26. Many believe that this was the exact spot where Jesus prayed and where blood, where he prayed with sweat, where he wrestled with God, wrestled with himself. And this place is that place, Gethsemane. And it's a beautiful place. So the scripture tells us that after having a meal, a Passover meal, Jesus, he goes into this place, this garden of Gethsemane to pray and the custom tells us that after you have a Passover meal you're supposed to stay in Jerusalem for the next day for about 24 hours but Jesus violates this custom and he leaves the city of Jerusalem and he goes to this place called Gethsemane this garden outside of Jerusalem why to face the reality of what is to come the reality of the cross He knows that his life is going to come to an end on this earth. At the age of 33, three years in ministry with his beloved disciples, he knows and he's here to face battle. He's there to confront what is to come and what was to come. To drink the cup of God's wrath, the sin of all mankind. He accepts his destiny in this place at the Garden of Gethsemane of drinking God's wrath, the cup of sin of all mankind, or he had an option to run away. I believe that this message is very fitting with the weather outside being dark and gloomy. Yes, this was a joyous moment for us as Christians because we know what happens. Jesus dies and he's raised up again and he lives. We know the end story. But what a dark day this moment was at this garden. Is Jesus going to accept his destiny in drinking the wrath of God and the sin of all mankind? Or will he run away to embrace or run away Jesus again he leaves Jerusalem after the Passover meal goes into Gethsemane and to pray and to face what is to come here in this moment Jesus is what he is exhausted he is filled with anxiety as he arrives to Gethsemane because he's here not to have fun but to embrace his destiny embrace or to run away. Here are some psalms and some passages to help us understand, to get a glimpse of Jesus' emotions, what was going through his head, what was going through his heart, what he was wrestling during this evening at the garden. Job chapter 6 verse 2 tells us if only my anguish could be weighed and all my misery be placed on the scales. Anguish. Psalm 6:3, my soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Psalm 31.10 tells us my life is consumed by anguish and my ears by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak. Psalm 38.21.22, Lord, do not forsake me. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly to help me, my Lord and my Savior. Psalm 88, which we went over during scripture study, you have taken from me friend and neighbor, Darkness is my closest friend. Luke chapter 22, verse 44. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Imagine you're so stressed. You're filled with so much anxiety that your sweats fall like blood falling to the ground, like drops of blood. John chapter 12, verse 27 tells us, Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason. I came to this hour. His soul is troubled. My life, my nefesh is troubled. Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason. I came to this hour. Have you ever felt such anguish in your life? The reason why it's called again, Gethsemane and Mount of Olives is because this place, Gethsemane, was filled with olive trees. And what do you do with olive trees? Near it, there's an olive press. Olive press is used to crush the olives. It's like oil running down as you crush the olives, symbolizing and representing Jesus Christ as he's praying at the Garden of Gethsemane As you crush the olives, Jesus is also, it's a foretelling of Jesus about to be, he's about to be crushed and pressed. As you press and crush olives for his oil, Jesus will be pressed and crushed for our transgressions and for our sins. Isaiah 53 verse 5 tells us, but he was what? Pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us Peace was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. I mentioned earlier in Luke chapter 22, verse 44, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat, what? Was like a drops of blood falling to the ground. You can understand the anguish in the heart of Jesus, what he was going through in this very moment. We apologize, the power went out. If you remember where we were, we were in Luke chapter 22, verse 44, where we talked about where Jesus he was in anguish and he prayed more earnestly. And we talked about the detail in Luke. He's very graphic in his details. He says he prayed more earnestly. His sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Again, the reference is Luke chapter 22, verse 44. But going back to our main passage found in Matthew chapter 26, verse 42. Jesus, he goes and he says, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. Again, the question is, what was inside the cup? Why did Jesus say, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it. May your will be done. What is this cup? What is the symbolism of this cup? The answer is the wrath of God, the fury of God against sin. This cup was filled with all of men and woman, all of humanity's wickedness and sin. It all boiled down and it came into this cup. Isaiah 51, 17 tells us, the cup of his wrath. Jeremiah 25, 15 tells us, take from my hand this cup filled with the wine of my wrath. Revelation chapter 16, verse 19 tells us, this cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath. So again, Isaiah 51, Jeremiah 25, Revelation chapter 16, it talks about the cup of God's wrath inside this cup. Point number one He drank the cup of God's wrath. He drank the cup of God's wrath. He drank the cup of God's wrath. Of God's wrath. If you guys remember last week, I did the bottle example the bottle with the dirt on the bottom and it was filled with the bottle the water that i normally drink in here one of my favorite water evian and i had two bottles with me i had the new one i had the other one i was sitting down and i was distracted i was talking with dan and it's always dan he's always involved somehow and then somehow i I just opened the bottle without looking i was like i'm like "Mm, oh what the and then I realized I drank the one with the dirt in it. So I tried to be cool about it. I just, no one looking, I just, I drank most of it and and then I just, and I put the bottle away. I've been in missions where my father, I went on this mission trip with him, first mission trip that we went on together to Guatemala. And it was a remote place up in the mountains. And I remember one of the meals that we had uh, it was this place, run-down place, this really old marketplace, and again, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of chicken. My favorite meat goes beef, pork, and chicken, right? So I always get steak, but in this place, uh, the place was not that clean. All the cups and dishes, it was run-down. The water they use, like rainwater, and It was not a clean place and in this bottle in this cup in this bowl that they gave with the chicken had like pieces of stone pieces of dirt and all these things in it I remember they're just watching again we're with the missionary with the locals they're expecting you to eat it they're expecting you to drink the soup and then I went ahead and I used a spoon I drank ate the chicken it was hard because it's you know it's real chicken this chicken here is very soft but if you eat chicken, you kill it, the meat is actually pretty tough, tough to eat, tough to chew, and, and ate it and ate it and ate the whole thing, not leaving anything left over in that bowl. So for Jesus, when it says in Jeremiah 25:15, "Take from my hand this cup with the wine of my wrath. That cup was not a pleasant drink. And God, in all his holiness, and to Christ, to Jesus, he was saying, drink it, drink the cup. Drink this cup of my wrath and of sin. And in this moment in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is saying, no, no, how can I? Because Jesus is fully God and he is fully human. He's saying, no, may this cup, pass from me may this cup pass from me is there another way that's what Jesus was saying is there another way for this to happen do I need to drink this cup this nasty cup filled with sin and the wickedness of mankind if it is possible Lord Lord I can't but I will there was no other way In this Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus had to drink that cup. Every drop, every drop, he had to drink the wrath that was inside the cup. I have this water here. I drank it earlier. Some residue of water left behind. When Jesus drank that cup, he drank every drop, every drip of water. That when that cup was empty, there was nothing, no sin left over. Jesus drank every drop at the garden of Gethsemane when he went on the cross. This wrath of God inside the cup, inside the cup, what was inside the cup, the sin of all mankind, the wrath of God. And Jesus in his obedience, Jesus in his obedience and in his choice, again, he was a man of free will, free choice. In his choice, he chose to drink each and every single drop of sin and wrath in that cup. Why? Because there is no other way. Why? Because of love. Verse 42 tells us, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Psalm 22 verse 1 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? This drink that he was about to drink was so hard that Christ cried out, Why have you forsaken me? Jesus, God, had to turn his face away as Jesus was being crucified. Not because of the The graphic of how torturous and how painful, just the pain that Jesus was going through. But because of the wrath, the wrath of God and the sin of mankind on Christ, the wickedness, the darkness, it was placed and burdened on this one individual. And his name is Jesus Christ. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? so far from my cries of anguish. If you keep reading in chapter 26, verse 45 to 46, verse 45 says, Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Jesus says in verse 46, Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer that phrase when Jesus says rise let us go Jesus is saying yes I accept I accept the challenge I accept the reality of what's to come Jesus accepted and confronted and drank his destiny the destiny of dying and drinking the cup of sin on the cross he was not a coward like Adam but he was courageous Adam, was he would run, he would hide. He brought sin into this world. Romans chapter five tells us that sin came through Adam, one man. Sin entered through the world through one man, death through sin and his way of death came to all people because all sin, all of us, we're all sinners like Adam. But it goes on in Romans five, verse 17 tells us, for if by the trespass of the one man, Death reigned through that one man. It's talking about Adam. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So one man brought death and pain and sin into this world. But this one man, fully God, fully man, Jesus Christ, he will bring redemption and righteousness, grace and love, light, abundance, into this world. That is why Jesus, he had to drink that cup. He drank the cup of God's wrath. Point number two, he was crushed for our sins. He was crushed for our sins. He was crushed for me. Isaiah chapter 53 tells us, Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider Him punished by God, stricken by Him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And it says, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. It says in Isaiah chapter 53. Jesus took all of our sins, past, present, and future, And it says Jesus was crushed, crushed for my iniquities, for our iniquities. He was crushed for our sins. Do you understand that? Not only did he drink the cup of God's wrath, he was crushed for our sins. He took all of our sins and he was crushed on the cross for our iniquities. And point number three and last point here. It tells us that he laid down his life so I may live. He laid down his life so I may live. I'll say it again. He laid down his life so I may live. Originally, I wrote, he died so I may live. To be more blunt and upfront, if I chose, he laid down his life so I may live. Because I wanted to emphasize that He chose to do this. He chose to do so at the Garden of Gethsemane. The scripture tells us in John chapter 10 verse 18. No one takes it from me, but I lay down of my own accord. What does that mean, my own accord? It means voluntarily. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. So again, he laid down his life so I may live. John fifteen thirteen tells us there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. John 10.10 tells us, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Life, it boils down to living and dying for Christ. Not just dying for him, but living for him. Before we continue, you guys can put it all away, your notes. It's okay, don't get distracted with your notes. Just listen with your heart, listen with your heart. Just put everything away. It's about letting it to be written in our hearts. Again, life boils down to what? Two things, living and dying for Christ. Not just dying for Him, but living for him. So I have two sub points here. Easy to memorize. Letter A. Live for him. Simple. Philippians 1, 21. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. There is no other way. There is no way to lose in Christ. You die for him. You live in him. You live in him, your death is gain. Why? How? Because of the eternity that we have with Christ. So live for him today. No matter where you are in your life. Let it be. Die for him. Die for him. At the Garden of Gethsemane, the disciples were not ready. It says when Jesus was arrested, when he went on the cross, the disciples all deserted and they all ran away. It says... Not one friend, one disciple was there when Jesus Christ was crucified. as yes, he was being tortured. They just watched from far away. In the garden of Gethsemane, the disciples were not, they were not yet ready. But now, after the resurrection of Christ, they will be ready. It says in John chapter 21, it's a story of Peter being reinstated. 17 to 19, it says, The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus asked him, Peter. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you are younger, you dress yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go why did jesus say that jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which peter would glorify god then he said to him follow me follow me and death in christ they're all together as a christian if you have breath today and you feel if you're alive today you not only live for him but you die for him you die for him you live for him they go hand in hand they go together You cannot take one away. The scripture tells us, the disciples, Andrew, begin with Andrew. I'm gonna do alphabetical order. I don't know if you guys are familiar with these stories, not just of how they lived, but are you familiar with how they died? Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross in Patras, Greece whipped severely by seven soldiers. The legend tells us that they laid his body to a cross. The report tells us that as he was led to the cross, Andrew saluted the words, I have long desired this expected, this happy hour. The cross has been consecrated by the body of Christ hanging on it. And it says he continued to preach to the tormentors. Until he took his final breath. Bartholomew, A.K.A. also known as Nathaniel, he was a missionary in Asia (present-day Turkey). The legend tells us he was martyred for his preaching, where he was flayed to death by being whipped to death. Other version tells us he was in India, preaching where he died for God, as as was threshed alive with knives others say he was crucified others say he was skinned alive others say he was beheaded James the next disciple the son of Zebedee James the elder there are two James the elder he was a fisherman when Jesus called him to a lifetime of ministry he was a strong leader in the church James was ultimately beheaded at Jerusalem the Roman officer who guarded James watched amazed as James defended his faith at his trial. It is said that the officer who was executing him was so overwhelmed by the conviction of James that in that moment he declared his faith to God and knelt beside James to also beheaded as well. James, the next guy, the lesser, one of the longest living apostles after John, he was thrown over a 100 feet down from the temple when he refused to deny his faith in Christ. When they discovered that he survived the fall, his enemies beat James to death with sticks. Others say he was crucified in Egypt. Others say he was sawed into pieces. John faced martyrdom when he was bowled in a huge basin of burning oil during a wave of persecution in Rome. He survived and was the a, was a Patmos, the only apostle to die peacefully around 100 AD. Jude, also known as Thaddeus, was killed with arrows when he refused to deny his faith in Christ. Matthew, the text collector, he could use his pen to write, first man to write down Jesus' teachings. We went over that. It says he suffered martyrdom by being killed by a sword. Stabbed to death, it says. Martyr in Ethiopia? Not sure. But we know that he was martyred. Matthias... The one who replaced Judas. He was stoned and then beheaded. Peter, the disciple whom we all love and know so well of, he was crucified upside down on an X-shaped cross. According to tradition, the reason was because he felt unworthy to die in the same manner, the same way that his Lord Jesus Christ had died. Philip He was arrested and put to death. Others say he died from hanging. Before dying, asked that his body should not be wrapped in linen, but in papyrus. He was not worthy to be treated in the same manner as Jesus when he died. Simon the Zealot, and he's the most ambiguous disciple. It's like one of those characters like, oh, who is he, where is he from? But the legend tells us he was crucified After refusing to bow down to a sun god, we're not sure. But we know that he was crucified. Thomas, we also know him as the doubter, the doubting Thomas. He was a pessimist whose doubt turned into faith. It says later in his life, he was stabbed to death with spears in India. And the last apostle and disciple, Paul. It tells us Paul endured a lengthy imprisonment which allowed him to write his many epistles to the churches he formed over the years. These letters, whom the letters that we read today, they teach the foundations of teachings of Christ which forms the huge chunk of what we have now called the New Testament. But the legend tells us that he was tortured and he was beheaded by the evil and crooked Emperor Nero at that time, around in Rome, AD, 67 AD. Please bow your heads with me. As we're sitting here today, in this gloomy weather, as we went over the story in Matthew chapter 26 of Jesus wrestling Father may this cup be passed from me not as I will but as you will we saw the humanity of Jesus pure and holy but at the same time filled with his emotions struggling with his emotions to embrace or to run away and we as Christians we face that every single day to live for Christ or to live for myself to live for him or to live for me and as Christians if you do not have a full and grasped understanding of the garden of Gethsemane if you do not have a full understanding of the cup unless you understand the cup unless you understand the weight of that cup Unless you understand the full scope of what happened at the Garden of Gethsemane, Christ striking the wrath of God, the wrath that was meant for you, for you and I, that was meant for us. You and I will never become true disciples of Jesus Christ. You will never live victoriously in this life. Oh, how many followers Jesus had prior to this moment of gathering of Gethsemane. Do you remember in John chapter 6, after Jesus, he fed the multitudes. It says, thousands of them, they followed him. And how many people, so many people love miracles. Everyone loves miracles. But when Jesus started talking about his body and his blood, eat my flesh, drink my blood, It says all walked away and Jesus asks, he turns to his disciples, you will not leave too, will you? And they chose to stay. What will your response be? Will you embrace his cup? Or will you reject it? Christ! In his full humanity, fully God, fully man, he went and he faced reality at the Garden of Gethsemane. And he drank that cup on our behalf. All the miracles, all the healings, the feeding of the 4,000, the feeding of the 5,000. Miracles cannot save you. Miracles cannot keep your faith. Only the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ can save us today. So again, do you truly understand what this cup represents? Number one, he drank the cup of God's wrath for you. Number two, he was crushed for our sins. He was crushed for you. Number three, he laid down his life so that I may live. He died so I may live so that I can have life to the full. He chose to do so. There's no greater love than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. So with that, with our head bowed and our eyes closed. Let's go back 2,000 years ago to the Garden of Gethsemane with all those amazing olive trees. Olive trees representing Jesus being crushed. Jesus being crushed. Let's go back and remember the cost. The price of our Lord Jesus Christ what he had to go through what he accepted in that moment what he chose to drink from that cup in that moment in the garden of Gethsemane can we with our eyes closed right now with our with our heads heads bowed can we go back to that place the Mount of Olives the place where Jesus was crushed and he was pressed like olives, like blood coming out as sweat. Can we just go back and recommit our life and our heart back to God? Will you live for him today? Will you die for him today? Or will you betray him? Or will you walk away from the faith? There's only two options to embrace or to reject, what will you do today? Will you embrace the love of God? Can we come together right now as a church and in your own voices recommit your heart and your life back to God at this very moment? Can we pray together? give the words to you. Draw me close to you never let me go. I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. Can we sing it together? Draw me close to you. Draw me close to you never let me go. Never let me go. I lay it all down again. To hear you say that I'm your friend You are my desire No one else will do And no one else will do Cause nothing else can take your place To feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find the way. Bring me back to you. Bring me back to you. You're all I want. You're all I want. You're all I want. You're all. all all you're all i've ever needed you're all i've ever need you're all i want you're all i want help me know you are near you're all i want You're all I want, help me know you are near pray together. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the conduct of death by which Peter will glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me these are the words that Jesus is saying to you right now follow me you, will you choose to embrace or will you choose to reject where will you stand today I pray Deep Roots Church that we will embrace the loving arms of our father that we will run to him today Amen So Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word and for the message that you had in store for us today. Thank you that God that nothing is an accident in your kingdom or a coincidence. Father, you work good of those for those who love you and who are grounded in you, O oh Lord. Lord, we look to you, God, at this time. Not in our circumstances, but Lord, we look to you, for God, you know all things. You know what is inside our hearts, oh Lord. So God, we remember today the words that you have spoken to us, that you have come so that we may have life and have life to the full. So God, we thank you for every prayer We thank you for even the lights being off. We thank you for this moment of just bringing us together to hear your word, to hear the message that you had in store for us today. We thank you for each and every single one of the members who are here in this place. We just want to honor you and praise you. And we give all the glory to your name. Lord, may your name be praised and be lifted high, O God. May we not just die for you, but to live for you while we have breath today. Lord we thank you, we love you. I pray all these things in your precious Son. Just Christ and we pray, and God's people pray. Amen and amen.